0: I don't know if you noticed on the hymn we just sang, My Country Tis of Thee, but it, it's based on Proverbs, so Proverbs, and Proverbs 14, righteousness exalts a nation. And so I think it's very appropriate uh, that we, uh, as has been mentioned, we seek the Lord, we try to uh, take our concerns to Him, and we trust Him uh, to deliver us. Where needed. This morning I would like to, as it were, unpack a few things, uh, unfold, let's peel the onion back a little bit, regarding faith. And I'll not be alone. I will try to share uh, my thoughts on that. But actually, uh, my thoughts are really coming from the scriptures in that. Uh, I trust them more than sometimes my own thoughts. But also the Apostle Paul will have some things to say about faith and how we can understand uh, faith, not only in how we live, but more importantly how God views faith, how God views our faith. Now we've been in a study of Abraham and just for, you know, FYI, Abraham is considered the father of the three major religions in America, all right? The Jewish religion, Abraham is considered the father. Uh, Christianity, Abraham is considered the father of faith. And the Islamic faith, Abraham is considered the father of faith. So Abraham has, and his life, has a, a real significant role in the major religions uh, in the world that we live in, his life is an example of faith. And my purpose in this series is not only it's a an example of life of faith, but it is it is explanatory of how faith operates and exists in spite of flaws frailties and failures in our own lives. Uh, I think that what will I hope to see this morning, that we can see that, that God views faith in a very unique and yet extremely significant way. And if our, if our view of faith reaches that same level, then I actually believe that it gives us more comfort than what we could ever imagine as to how God views uh, faith. What I'll be dealing with, and, and I'm, I'm not going to take a lot of liberty in this, uh, but I, I am going to take a little bit. When we say faith, uh, all right, in the New Testament, we know what it means, faith. But I'm going to have a phrase in here that I'll refer to throughout this morning as I try to unpack some things. Taking God at his word. Just taking God at his word. That puts, I think, legs uh, on the word faith. When we believe God, what we're referring to and what I'll be referring to this morning is just simply taking God at his word, that what he said, he would do. We have instances throughout the scriptures that illustrate this phrase. For instance, Noah, when he uh, was asked or instructed to build the ark, he simply took God at his word, even though there was doubt by everyone else as to what he was doing, he believed God, and God saved he and his family. Moses is another example. Uh, when he was in front of the burning bush, he simply took God at his word, and as a result, God then used Moses and, and uh, had him deliver his children from Egypt But at the same time, he elevated Moses to be the lawgiver. Joshua took God at his word when God said, March around Jericho seven times, and I will take care of Jericho. So Joshua had faith. He took God at his word, and Jericho fell. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had faith in God, and they simply took God at his word. When they were going to be put into the fiery furnace, they believed that God had the ability to deliver them, but even if he didn't, they told the king, we still will not bow down and worship you, and God then delivered them. Daniel took God at his word when he was cast into the lions' den he trusted god that god would deliver him and god did in the new testament we have various examples but one particular example there was a centurion who came to jesus one day and simply and just simply asked the lord to heal his servant and jesus says i said to him i will come and he said no All you have to do is just speak the word and it will be done. And so Jesus then spoke the word because it says, the scripture, that he had not seen as great a faith as the centurion, and the centurion's servant was healed. Peter, on the boat, took Jesus at his word. When he saw Jesus on the water, he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Peter got out and we have the story and the account of Peter walking on water and he was fine until he doubted. But the point is he took him at his word. My text this morning is out of 15, Genesis 15, and we'll go through the whole, uh, the, the whole part. But the text that I want to look at is Abraham believed in the Lord, and God then counted it to him for righteousness. I want to unfold that for that. That's an interesting word, counted uh, in, in the word. It, 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 it's a word in the New Testament, uh, logizomai, which means you account, you impute, you, uh, you reckon it, uh, you, you, you write it down. So the idea here is, is that when Abraham believed in the Lord, God wrote that down as righteousness. So let's, let's envision this. There is a ledger, uh, disbelief and belief, or, or unrighteousness and righteousness. God views faith that it's supposed to go on the righteous side, all right? We worry a lot about our our deeds and and our lives and what we do to please God, which is is appropriate. But God has something else he looks at and he looks at. Belief faith or does this person simply take me at my word? That's faith in its purest form. So let's read a little bit. <clears throat> uh, I'll be reading out of Genesis 15 and I think probably this is one of the most important passages in the Old Testament and I'm not alone in, in saying that because we find that the Apostle Paul had quite a bit to say about this particular passage and so did James, uh, the author of James and the pastor of the, of the church at Jerusalem. So this is a very important passage for God's people. Here's what it says: After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, "Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward." But Abraham said, "Well, Lord, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus?" Then Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. The concern that Abraham had at this point was that he was now about close to 100 years old and he had no heir for his house. And that was very important and even is to this day in in most of the world. Uh, of of what you're going to leave your children or your family. And so it was an inheritance and he said, "Lord, I go childless and there's no one no one except one of my servants who could even be considered an heir." And so here, you know, we find that he was afraid, and rightly so. But here here we're going to start seeing that that the importance of faith in God's eyes, needs to become a compass in our own eyes. So, behold, the word of the Lord came to him and saying, This one, this servant's child, will not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Look now toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them, And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Now that is quite an impossible statement, but yet it was God making that statement. What God was saying to him is in spite of everything that you are seeing or you are thinking, I want you to go out. I want you to look at the stars and I'm telling you that this will be your descendants, which when you look at, as I mentioned that Abraham is the father of faith in the three major religions of America. You're talking about billions of people. So that has come to pass, of course. But the significant text, the scripture I want to look at, is when he said, when God said, so shall your descendants be, the next scripture says, and he believed in the Lord. And the Lord then wrote it down that his faith was righteous. That's interesting the way that it it is laid out here. And then God said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the era of Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know I will inherit it? And he said, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a, a goat and a ram and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. I think, first of all, that 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 statement and he believed in the word of the Lord is just simply he he took God at his word that he was going to do exactly what he said he would do. In spite of that, he had no children. He was at an age he could not have children. His wife was at an age she could not have children. Yet he believed God. And then God says, when he asks, when Abraham asks, boy, how, you know, how will I know this? And when he says, I want you to do a sacrifice, what struck, struck me here is this. We talk about faith and we talk about works, but here's something very significant that James in the New Testament writes about. And it's this faith, taking God at his word is always followed by obedience by loyalty and by love. So by taking God at his word, believing what God was saying, he then had no problem doing a, a sacrifice. He believed him, and so he brought all these things to him, and he cut cut them, and he laid them out on the altar. Uh, there were vultures who came, but Abraham drove them away, which I think signifies how important that sacrifice was to Abraham. And so Abraham had done that. But again, I want us to continue to focus on he just simply took God at his word. Night came, the sun was going down, deep sleep fell upon Abraham, or Abram. And behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. And so then he said to Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them. And they will afflict them 400 years. What God was revealing to Abraham was even though he would have descendants, there was going to come a time which did come to pass that Abraham's descendants were the ones who were going to become slaves in Egypt and it would take Moses to bring them out. But he was simply telling Abraham, I'm going to give you descendants, but this is what's going to unfold with them. But then he says, but as for you, Abram, you will go to your father's house in peace and you'll be buried at a good old age. Now, there's a lot there we could say, but what I want, what I want to just, what struck me here is even though he believed God, he just got word that it, things were not all going to go well and there were going to be some hard times with his children and his children's children. But then it struck me about faith or believing God. Faith is greater than any darkness that we might encounter in our life. It doesn't matter if it's a, if the darkness of a night, the darkness of our failures, the darkness of our flaws, the darkness of circumstances as we pray, the darkness of things in our country or in the world. Faith in God or trusting God or taking God at his word is greater than than all of these things, no matter what season we are, we are in. When the sun went down, it was dark. There appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between all that sacrifice. And on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants, I've given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates. Here's another thing that struck me in this, in this passage. When we take God at his word, God will take our service, whatever it is. When he believed God, and he and says he believed God, he, he took him at his word that he was going to have descendants, and then he laid a sacrifice out, God received that sacrifice. Now we're starting to see how important it is. Not so much the sacrifice. In fact, I can tell you this. If Abraham, if Abraham had just simply decided to do a sacrifice without believing in God, God would have not received the sacrifice. In fact, the scriptures teach us God does not want our sacrifices. He wants our humble heart. He wants us to believe him. So here we find that that he took God at his word and and. And because of that, God received his sacrifice. Now, here's what I would say is the footnote about that. Sometimes we try to serve the Lord, but we try to serve the Lord based on a list of do-goods and don't-dos. We need to forget those lists. The first and foremost thing we need to do is, in faith, take God at his word and trust what he is saying regarding our lives, regarding the world, or wherever we live. Now, again, that verse, and Abram believed in the word of the Lord, and the Lord accounted it to him as righteousness. Paul had a lot to say about it, and he explained it a little bit more, and that's why I wanted to use Paul this morning, because Paul talks about that the reward of Abraham's faith was that God declared that his faith was righteous. Now the difference is, we look at how people live, we look at our live, and we're always aspiring to do the right thing or to live a righteous way. Right? Uh, they do. We we believe that we can please God if we live, a, let's say, a, a perfect life or a good life. But we all discover, as we've seen in this series, that that is such a hard endeavor. Because why? We all have frailties. We all have flaws. We have all kinds of things that we struggle with. So we're never able to reach that level of perfection. Thereby, we're we're always wondering if we've pleased God. God has a different view on it. God wants to see if our faith and our belief is in him. And if it is, if we believe not in what we can do, but what God has offered to do for us, God writes it down in the ledger book. Let's call it the book of life because the scriptures tell us about a book of life and tells us that one day that book of life is going to be opened. And when it's opened, all of our works and deeds will be viewed, both good and bad. But here's the significant thing about that. If in the book of life, when that is open and it comes down to my name or your name, yeah, there's a lot of bad and there's a lot of good. But the one thing that needs to be on that ledger is that we took God at his word and we had faith in him. That puts it on the right side of the ledger. We don't owe anything. We've been given something. We've been given a plus side on that. It was accounted to him as righteousness. That's amazing. You mean belief? Belief overcomes my own unrighteousness? I think in God's eyes it does because he knows that if I take him at his word, even though I am unrighteous, I will learn how to live righteously because I believe in God. If I take God at his word, God's word says, don't do that. If I take him at his word and I don't do it, I begin to learn and discover what true righteousness is. It's not on the outside, it's on the inside. So here's what Paul says, Romans chapter 4. He says, what does the scripture say? It's interesting. He just picks up like thousands of years later. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, to one who works, wages, and this is very significant, to one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. In other words, if we're trying to work and do good deeds and do good for God, then there's not grace. We're, we're getting paid. If we labor for something, we get paid. However, to one who does not work, Paul writes, but trusts God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is written down, is credited, is accounted on that side of the ledger that says righteousness. I don't understand it. I don't understand how God has done this, but I don't have to because God has already said my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And I believe that. I'm going to take him at his word on that. It seemed on the face of it, beyond all belief and beyond all hope of fulfillment, that Abraham was looking at, at, you know, the, the situation that he would never have children. Yet what Paul points out is against against hope, in hope, he took God at his word. And because of that, faith, his faith in God was written down on that ledger slash book of life. Now, that's important because as Abraham's faith, taking God at his word, is righteous in the eyes of God, Paul continues to make this case, so is our faith. If Abraham's faith in God's eyes merited going on the, the right side of the ledger, likewise, your faith in God, taking him at his word, also merits going on the right side of the ledger. You don't owe God God has given you righteousness. Now, in that, when I was thinking about that, Paul goes ahead to explain this. He says, against all hope, Abraham, in in hope, believed and became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. All right, he knew that. And since he was about 100 years old and Sarah was also dead, yet he did not waver slash he did not stagger through unbelief regarding the promise of God. Again, he was simply taking God at his word in spite of everything else and in fact was strengthened in his faith and ultimately gave glory to God Being persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Therein lies the nugget of faith. Do you believe that God has the power to do what he would say he would do? We sometimes believe that God has the power to heal the world, to take care of that person. To fix this circumstance, but let's get it down to our own closet. Do you believe that God has the power to change your life? If you do, God views your faith and he writes it in that book of life. He took me at my word and believed at what I said. Paul says that's why it was credited to Abram as righteousness. The words, Paul writes, it was credited to him were not written for him alone. But then he says, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. It was Abraham's willingness to take God at His word, which which actually put Abraham in an incredible relationship with God. When when you read the life of Abraham and the accounts, in spite of all his frailties, which he's got some more we're going to see, in spite of his flaws and failures, it's his faith that has been preserved for our account. In other words. Abraham realized it wasn't about everything he could do. It was about what he believed and that he believed that God would do and could do what he said he would do. Likewise, it's just like our prayer that we pray from Chronicles. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves. Do we believe that? Listen, that's what God said. Do we take him at his word? I believe personally on this day that the only salvation, not only for our country, but for any country, is God. I believe that's the only salvation there is. And if I take God at his word, then I'm going to trust him to move the pieces and to do whatever needs to be done. Because I believe, and I think you do too. That God can and will do what He said He would do, faith in God, taking God at His word for us means that he to, He will declare us also righteous and I've, i I kind of worked with this, and I, and I have to admit I'm not real I'm, I'm, I'm not certain as far as certain that I can say this, is a, but here's the thing, either he declared. Faith as righteous, like a virtue, that is righteous. Their belief in me is righteous. Or was he declaring, I am righteous? I don't think it's that one because the only way we can be righteous is through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I I have to believe that it's if we take him at his word. He writes that down. That's righteous. Now, what's an example of that? I'll tell you one. When Jesus came, what was the voice from heaven? This is my son in whom I'm pleased. Hear him. Let us take him at his word. And he will count that as righteousness. James writes in closing, and I like this and I'll close with this. James writes, the scripture was fulfilled when it says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. Our faith, trusting, taking God at his word, draws us into that relationship that Jesus spoke of. And that was this. My Father and I will come to you, we'll make our abode with you, we'll sit with you. So taking God at his word is actually the nugget of what faith is. So today, let's just, where we are in our hearts, determine, I will take God at his word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the time we can be in your house. I do thank you for preserving the scriptures, Lord, showing us, guiding us, clarifying things for us, Lord. As we live, we pray, yes, we want to please you, but Lord, may we understand that just simply believing you is what leads to the life that is pleasing to you. I pray today, Lord, that we would also understand that when we have faith in you, good works automatically come. We want to please you because we believe you. We want to serve you because we believe you. We want to be loyal to you because we believe you. May we have that same commitment this morning, Lord. And we do pray for our country. Lord, we pray for your wisdom. We pray for your guidance. Then also, Lord, I I ask that you... Lord, give us patience to trust in your word that we might take what you say and that you will do it and we'll give you thanks in our Lord's name. Amen. God's people said, let us have faith in God. That is, I think, the hallmark, the uniqueness, the stellar part of our country, both in history and what it is. We we were a nation that believed in God. I think we still do. It's just that I think as I've said before, a lot of people have blinked. They need to stop blinking and trust the Lord. All right.